started It was everything we believed in It was everything we needed It was a high at the end of a low A couple good friends of mine in a microphone If I'd have known I feel my freedom's gone They want to take all our own Man, I hate patting trolls But we are fighters We'll keep fighting till the end A freedom song for the ones who stand You died it, raise a glass You think you're taking my podcast Tell them they could kiss my calling, calling Everybody calling, calling Everybody is gone And we won't fall Smash the trolls 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 Yeah, uh, coincidentally when you start winning your race They start putting roadblocks in the roadway It's okay, cause when we beat the court case I'ma drink Mangria with my man Ace He's number one all time, did I mention? At the top, got the fans at attention I'm talking numbers that are high as Doug Benson So we gon' fight until the end, then I feel my Freedom's gone, they wanna take All I own, man I hate Trolls, but we are fighters, we'll keep fighting till the end A freedom song for the ones who stand united, raise a glass You think you're taking my podcast, tell them they could kiss my ass Calling everybody, calling, calling, everybody is on And we won't go Smash the trolls Smash the trolls, smash the trolls, smash the trolls. So look me in my face and try to tell me all I've made, all the ground that I've laid. Somehow it's yours, but we won't end this way. It's why we're here today, and we stand strong. Redondo Beach in the building tonight That's why you came out to support here, right? Honestly, there were no attitudes She's looking at me like, who are these three dudes? I don't know, we just writing stupid songs Trying to say smash the trolls so you can sing along And this one's for you, yeah, you know So everybody go save the Adam Carolla show That's what we gonna do and then you know what's happening And honestly, I hope y'all be clapping Ace is coming out just in a little bit And honestly, East Texas they won't do shit Cause this is how we're doing Everybody's represented Redondo Beach, California Yeah, there's no sweating Said it before I see you laughing Make some noise If you love Adam hey. But freedom's gone They wanna take All our own And I hate Packing shows But we are fighters We'll keep fighting Till the end A freedom song For the ones who stand United Raise the glass you think you're taking my podcast? Hey, tell them they could kiss my ass. Calling, calling, everybody. Calling, calling, everybody is on. And we won't fall. Smash the trolls. All right, we need your help. You were clapping earlier. I need you to clap again. 
and I need you to help us sing. There you go. Here we go. So ready? Smash the trolls. Come on, say it. Smash the trolls. Come on, say it. Smash the trolls. Come on, say it. Smash the trolls. Sing a little louder now. Smash the trolls. Smash the trolls. Come on, say it. Smash the trolls. Come on, say it. Smash the trolls. Last time, as loud as you can. Smash the trolls. Come on, say it. Smash the trolls. Smash the trolls, smash the trolls, smash the trolls. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the most brilliant men on this planet and the reason why we're all here, please welcome to the stage, Mr. Adam Carolla. Wow, Kelly James, everybody. What a, a supreme talent. Uh, big night uh, planned for you guys. Thank you so much for uh, coming out. If uh, any of you are in the back and want to step up and get a little closer to the stage, um, possibly uh, catch a little uh, hepatitis C as I shout. <laughs> um, I think uh, Mark Marin's coming out tonight. Doug Benson's coming out tonight. Dr. Drew coming out tonight. Jimmy Kimmel is Skyping in tonight, although the fucking Skype has never worked once in my fucking life. There should be a goddamn class action lawsuit against Skype, but now that I've said that, oh no, wait a minute, I unjinxed my jinx, because now it's going to work or not going to work. Either way, uh, we've crossed $200,000 to smash the trolls. Thanks to your generosity. And um, now, uh, by the way, just tell me if this is a good thought or a uh, horrible thought. Horrible? Uh, hear me out. I was driving here today, I got off the 405 freeway as I, I pulled off onto uh, Inglewood Boulevard. I was turning right, I looked to my left, I saw a semi-attractive youngish woman, homeless and panhandling for money, and I thought to myself, sweetheart, where is your dignity? Why are you not a prostitute? It is true that if you see a semi-good-looking woman uh, under 30 who's shaking a uh, Starbucks cup around, you think, sweetie, you could be sucking cock for twice the cash. What are you doing? That was the first thought that leapt to mind. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I don't know if that makes me good or bad. Uh, speaking of good, uh, two guys I will forever be grateful to, and the two guys that got me started in radio, and I'm not going to use too much hyperbole here, I'm not going to do any bullshit like if it hadn't been for these two guys, I would have never been in comedy, because let's face it, I'm funny, I would have figured out another way. <laughs> but it certainly would have delayed 
the trajectory of me and performing. And these are the two guys that uh, had me on their show early and often and launched my career. Ladies and gentlemen, from K-Rock, Kevin and Bean. Bean, by the way, flew in from Seattle to be here tonight. They were both standing backstage moments earlier. <laughs> I know it because Kevin was complaining about the television set, so I have no idea where they, where they scurried off to. I'm now, I'm now gonna sing the dreidel song until Kevin and Bean appear on stage. Kevin and Bean, everybody. There's no, there's, is there a really tall guy and another guy standing next to him, both wearing shants and high tops, who don't seem like they wanna come out on stage? Why are there so many homeless in Seattle? Um, I don't know, are there a ton of homeless in Seattle? A ton of homeless in Seattle. Well, look, if you were gonna be homeless, where would you go? You know what I mean? I mean, would you go to Tikrit? Oh, there they are. Kevin and me. Yeah, go ahead and grab a mic. None of us were listening to you backstage. No, I appreciate the fact that you're, you're tuned out, but... We had no idea you, you were calling for us. Sorry about that, Ace Man. That's all right. That's all right. Um, I want to thank you guys for coming out. I want to thank you, most importantly, for getting me started in radio. Um, I never really, or maybe I just got drunk and forgot, I started as Jimmy's boxing trainer and somehow became Mr. Burcham. I don't know when you guys became aware that the guy who was training Jimmy the sports guy to box was also Mr. Burcham. <coughs> Wait, hold on a second. That, I don't think we knew that until today. The, <laughs> the guy who trained Jimmy was Mr. Burcham? That's right. Jimmy, Jimmy said, you know, don't say anything. Just call in Monday morning and they'll probably hate you, but do it anyway. I wonder how many people here remember back to the Mr. Bertram days on the Kevin and Bean Show because, I mean, we gotta be talking, well, when was it, Adam? When did you start, mid-90s? This is uh, 1994. I remember it well because I was coming up on my 30th birthday, May 27th, 1994, and I always thought in my mind, you cannot be a loser when you're 30. And also, I would like to see the inside of a radio station before I turn 30. And this boxing match was somewhere around late April, early May, oh, uh, sorry, 94. And do you remember what started the boxing match? Yeah, it was uh, Michael the Maintenance Man. Right, but do you remember yeah. what the problem was? That's, that's a name. What, what was, was the, the problem? problem? The problem was Jimmy the sports guy. You know him now as uh, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> um, Jimmy Kimmel was doing the sports one of the stories he had was Bobby McFerrin don't worry be happy guy broke his leg on a ski slope and then Jimmy said what's a black guy doing skiing anyway <laughs> sounds about right Michael the maintenance man who as you can tell from his name was from El Salvador oh no wait a minute black guy came bursting into the room saying, what kind of racist shit is that? What do you mean a black guy can't ski? And the next thing you know, the fight was on. 
So that's how they decided to settle the disagreement over whether any African-American skied was by fighting. Which I feel like really flies in the face of Bobby McFerrin's song. <laughs> I don't think he wanted a white man and a black man to throw down over him skiing and a guy whose theme was don't worry, be happy. Once you got training, though, you started training Jimmy, and I remember Jimmy coming in and go, you guys should talk to Adam, this guy's really funny. And we went, yeah, okay. And then he came in like a week later, and a week later, he wouldn't shut up, he wouldn't stop. So basically we decided, if you'll be quiet about Adam, we'll have him on. I, uh, I loved, uh, by the way, Jimmy loved me as a trainer because all I wanted to do was sit around and drink Snapples and talk comedy <laughs> and radio with him. And that's all Jimmy wanted to do as well. And do you guys remember the judges from the fight? Boy, I just, you know, I got a terrible memory, Adam. I remember so little about that fight. Did you win, by the way? No, Jimmy lost. Uh, I sent him out for the second round with no mouthpiece. I remember that well. I'm thinking, that's not a good trainer. Can I tell you what I remember? <laughs> yes. What I remember is Michael was hyped. He was going to beat all of white people's ass. That's right. That night. That's right. And he came out there and he started swinging for the fences. And I remember Jimmy coming over going, I thought this was supposed to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to understand, an African-American had never held a championship. Oh, wait a minute. It's only been black guys for 50 years. All right. Sorry. Scrap that. The point is, uh, John Wayne Bobbitt. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was there. That's right. Pat O'Brien. That's right. And Adam Sandler. No. Yes. Sandler was one of the judges. Yes. I wish I killed him. So <laughs> if I knew he was going to go on to do Grown Ups 1 and Grown Ups 2 <laughs> and that movie where he plays himself and his obnoxious sister, I would have killed him in the name of humanity just like you would have killed a young Hitler. You know what I mean? You would have done the right thing. Right I would have considered it my duty. You know, you would have killed a 17-year-old Adolf Hitler, yeah. and no one would have known what the fuck you were talking about. He's such a nice art student, and right. that mustache is just coming in. <laughs> and you would have said, I've struck a blow for humanity. Hey, Adam. Take me to the gallows. Do you think Sandler puts that on his resume? Oh, his the, being <laughs> a guest judge at your fight? Or <laughs> Jimmy's fight? No, I, I don't doubt think, it. Now, did I don't you, think how, much box, how much boxing had you done? Did you know what you were talking about when you were training Jimmy? Yeah, I did. We were drinking Snapples while I was talking about it. Yeah, I knew exactly. No, I was a good trainer. I, 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 had we trained, I think he would have been a decent fighter. He, gotcha. He, gotcha. Just, he, just, he just didn't want to train, and I didn't want to train him. I think uh, Jimmy Kimmel is uh, available to us uh, via Skype, uh, by the way, as, as we speak, although, uh, as we've always said, Skype is never... I've tried oh, no, Skype... Oh, no, it looks like it's working well. 300 times in my life it has never worked <laughs> One time. You are wearing a monocle. Oh, wow, he's got a monocle. Not only do I have a monocle, Adam, this company sent me a monocle for you, too. I love it. After hearing us talk about it on the show. I love that. So I have, a, I have my own monocle? You have your own monocle now. I, I said on Jimmy's show that I liked the idea of a monocle, but I didn't want people to think I was a douchebag. So I wanted to go with a contact lens monocle. <laughs> you, you get the extra focus in one eye without all the baggage. You know what I'm saying? Does this defeat the purpose? <laughs> so the dump monocle. 
Oh yeah, no, that's yeah, that's, that's not good. That's glasses. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're right. All right, Jimmy, if you if you could, uh, all right. Could you put could you put the monocle in and look outraged for a moment? Sure. And let yeah. it fall out. This so for we the photo. Really catch the full effect of the monocle. Absolutely. <laughs> it's hard to look outraged with a monocle in. So what should we do? Should I take my clothes off now, or how do we do this? Well, do it slowly. Wait for the music, big boy. <laughs> this is yeah. the worst chat roulette ever. By the way, this reminds me of um, when Adam, when you and I met um, as a result of a boxing match, Kevin and Bean decided to take me to the doctor to get me a physical. Yes. To make sure I was healthy enough to box. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, I went behind the curtain and the doctor told me to change into the robe. And Kevin and Bean were there taping it. And Adam, you were there too. And um, do you remember I, I um, opened the uh, curtain and there I stood completely naked? <laughs> well, I remember a few things. I remember and Adam fainted, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I remember when we played poker. I'm not sure which way I should stand, by the way, for the... Skype. You don't have to look at me because I can't see oh, okay. you at all. I, okay. I, I remember, uh, oh, okay. I remember we played poker at my house once. Right. And you were there. And uh, Bean, you weren't there because we played after the streetlights came on. Okay. So, so it was after 6.30. It was after 6.30. So you were, were sound asleep. There. Right. Yeah. But um, at some point, Jimmy said, I'm going to use the bathroom, went out of the room, got completely naked, <laughs> and dove through the dining room window, yeah. buck naked, and ran around the house. Yeah. Jimmy likes to do that. Well, yeah. I, only because it brings those of us that see it such pain. <laughs> and I do, yeah. I do also remember uh, a problem with a urethra that was not cooperating that I think Dr. Drew did some work on at one point. Yes, Dr. Drew examined my penis. He put his finger up my ass hole. Not just up my ass, but up the hole. He, um, Did, didn't he, he also like jam, jam like an ice pick or something in there? No, he didn't do that. That was somebody else. All uh, right. Put a series of, uh, of ch uh, metal chopsticks down my, my urethra. Yeah. Ah, hey, showbiz, huh? Weird, I was in some weird stuff back then. By the way, you know... <laughs> I think that the, the fact that I'm so much bigger than you guys is really like a metaphor. <laughs> oh, it hurts. It hurts right. so bad. All right, I'll get naked now. I, All right, good. Jimmy, uh, speaking of, of my career hitting a standstill, and I, I, don't, I don't know if I told you this story, but it always cracked me up. Uh, it happened about uh, two years ago, about a year and a half ago, my uh, father was hospitalized, and I went and visited him in the hospital in Pasadena, and as I was leaving the hospital, there was the huge black security guard, which by law must stand in front of every hospital, and there he was, and I started to walk past him, and he said, uh, hey, man show. And I was like, hey, man, what's going on? And he said, what are you up to these days? And I, before I could answer, he said, just chilling. 
And I said, no, I'm, I'm working on many projects. And he went, don't worry, something will come up. <laughs> it was the, it was, I, I had never been more devastated in my life by a person that was attempting to be nice. I'd much well, rather just be hit in the head with a snow shovel and call the douchebag. This is why he's standing outside and not on stage giving motivational speeches, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Adam, did you, did you work on the early years of the Jimmy Kimmel television show, or were you just hanging out there as a friend? I said oh. I ate and hung out. You weren't a writer for the show? Or? Well, technically I was a writer, yeah. But and you got fired? No, I... Uh... Hold on, Adam. Jimmy, did he write? Did he yes. really write? Here's what Adam would do. All right. Adam would stroll in at around noon. He would um, grab a, somebody with a, a computer. In about 45 minutes, he would give me more funny material than all of the other writers combined, and then he would go home. <laughs> Sounds to me like you married the wrong writer. Uh, <laughs> thank you. And well, then what, what happened is at a certain point, I would go home, you know, 12.30, 1 o'clock. Um, <laughs> there's a few things. Uh, I, I don't know if I told you, but there's a few things. I, then I would then get home, and about 5 o'clock, my phone would ring, and they'd go, how fast can you get back here? We had a guest drop out. So I would then go back. I was a guest on the show every other week because when a show starts, they can't get any guests. Right. They don't want to piss off Leno at that point. Right. I, Jimmy, I don't know if you know this, uh, but after we would all sit around the writer's table and, and pitch jokes to Jimmy, and Jimmy would play Scrabble, I think, on his laptop while we pitched <laughs> jokes. But either way, he would sit at the end, we'd all pitch jokes, and then when we were done, Jimmy would go back to his office to kind of put together the monologue, and I would announce to all the writers, let's go out to the coffee bean and tea leaf, I'm buying everyone coffee. And we'd all get up and walk out, out onto the Hollywood Boulevard and go to the coffee bean and tea leaf. In which case, I would say, all right, there's nine guys here. I'm ordering whatever you guys want, it's on me. And then at a certain point, the person behind the counter would say, would you like your card stamped? You come in every day, we can set you up with a card and we'll stamp it and then the 10th time you can get a free coffee. And I would say, nah, that's fine, I'm good. And then John Bynes, one of the writers, would pull out his card and say, well, you can stamp mine. And I would tell the person behind the counter, no, you can't. <laughs> now it's a standoff. I'm paying for this shit. I don't want his shit stamped. If you'd like to pay for your coffee, John, you may have it stamped. If I'm paying for it, then it'll not be stamped. <laughs> I, yeah, you're, yes, everyone thinks you're an asshole. <laughs> Is there anything that you won't fight for or fight against, Adam? Is there anything in the world that you are neutral on? I can tell you that when a Teresa Strasser, my news girl, and I, <clears throat> and my wife and her husband all went out to dinner for the first night just to kind of get to know each other kind of dinner, I said, it's a good thing we Skyped Jimmy in so he could watch me tell stories for 20 minutes, isn't it? It, it, was, it isn't a surprise. I said, all right, this is the last one. I said, when they were at the end, they couldn't finish their food. And at the end, when they said, we'll box it up, I said, listen, I'm treating tonight. Uh, I'll buy your dinner. 
but I have a policy. Anything that gets boxed up comes home with me. <laughs> that then, makes sense. And I said, you understand, it's not that I trust you, but what's to stop you from ordering, you know, a whole cheesecake and just taking it out under your arm, you know? Makes sense. Or, or an extra entree and just carrying it home, you know, surfing turf in a box on my credit card. I understand this is a policy. Eat as much as you want, enjoy as much as you want, but anything that gets boxed up goes to my refrigerator. Well, I, I had a few drinks. I was laughing about it. The following fucking day, I ate a pork chop for lunch. And then that night, I said to Lynette, what are you eating for dinner? And she said, uh, I'm going to eat my pork chop. And I said, uh, too bad. I already ate it for lunch. And she said, what do you mean? I'm looking at it right now. I realized they thought I was serious. I did take home all of their food, and they thought I was the biggest douchebag on the planet. I thought you were serious. And by the way, I think it's a good thing because you're the only person that actually, when you get food boxed up, you're the only person I know that actually removes it from the car and brings it into the house. I know. Usually it just stays in the back seat until Wednesday. Right, no. I know, everyone else gets into the car and goes, man, it smells like cod in here. Did somebody <laughs> fart? What happened? Yeah, and the boxing up of the food is interesting from a psychological standpoint because the following day when you open up the box food, you're always like, wait a minute, there was so much more. There was so much more last night. What the fuck happened? What kind of little goblins got in and ate 42% of my surf and turf, and you realize there was so much more because you're full, and now that you're starving, it seems like nothing. But uh, I, I do like I've the congealed. Never, yes. I've never not cleared my plate at a restaurant, so I've, I've heard of this box it up and take it home thing, but I've never actually experienced it. I hate it. <laughs> because it, I, I tell the fucking waiter or waitress, box it all up, take it all. And just put it in one box, it's all going home. And then they have to start breaking it down. Do you want the half a potato? Box it all up. How about that one sprig of, of cauliflower? Block Separate box. Box it all up. What, how about the crouton and the cherry tram? What the fuck part of box it all up? Don't you understand? And am I ever gonna get home and, and open up the box and go, what the fuck is this tomato doing in here? This is a goddamn attack. <laughs> Monocle falls out into drink. <laughs> well, you know what? You're not supposed to take leftovers home from the hometown buffet, Adam. I think I, that's probably the right. Hey, I, Jimmy, have, yes. I have a question for Adam, if you guys don't mind. And Bean, I want you to weigh in, and Jimmy, you to weigh in as well. This is if like, you have a question for Adam, where none of us are going to get to weigh in. Good point. <laughs> this is like the third crowdsourcing thing we've done with Adam, right? <laughs> like yes. his bullshit wine, some of his books, I think. Um, wait, wait. This, has anybody seen any paperwork? Is he just raising money and living high on the hog? <laughs> is, is anything happening? Is there a lawsuit? By the way, if everyone gives me a nickel, I can fill up my tank and get home tonight. Honestly, I just moved to La Cunada. You are a, a high-tech beggar, basically, is what you are. <laughs> I've not seen evidence of any of this, and yet we like Adam, so we show up and go, let's help him. Jimmy. Yes, this is I, like if Jerry Lewis held a telethon for himself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Except for we would all be Jerry's kids. 
there's probably no there's probably no patent trolls out there. That's what I'm, no, you I know. invented these. These are like bridge trolls. They don't exist. <laughs> Has anybody in the room heard of these patent trolls? Until you heard about it from Adam. Like four people. This is bullshit. I'm calling you on it. <laughs> All right. Can I just give before we let uh, Jimmy Come on, guys. get back he, to his article? He's on a troll. Let him. Let him come. <laughs> Can I give you one piece of advice as it pertains to your your theater and and your dressing rooms and green rooms? Me? Uh, or yes. Me or, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah, sure. yes. 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 Um, when you walk into Jimmy's theater, you come in through that back alley there where you see on TMZ every night, they're out accosting everybody. You walk in and it's a very long corridor of big time celebrities. There's uh, you and Jamie Foxx, there's you and Obama, there's you and Will Ferrell, there's you and all the people you wish you had tonight instead of me. <laughs> then you get to the dressing room and there's more pictures. It's Ben Affleck, it's Matt Damon. Again, your dressing room is adorned with pictures of celebrities they would much rather have instead of you. Could you fucking shove in one picture of Tom Arnold so that guys like me could sit in that dressing room and go, well, at least he doesn't have Tom tonight. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because Tom asked me to do the same thing with you. What? No fucking way! By the way, the worst is when I go through the list of the guests that are going to be on like the next night or they're going to be on the next week. And I know I have a guest that's not an A-lister coming up on that night show, but the audience, I'll say like, and next week, Julia Roberts will be here. And the audience goes, oh, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing, nothing that makes a guest feel better when he's waiting in the wings backstage than hearing the audience bemoan the fact that they have to see him. Oh, we're here at the wrong well, night. Well, staring at a picture of you French kissing Johnny Depp, I would argue, is possibly worse. Wasn't uh, French. Was not French. Was a good old American kiss. He spends the lion's share of his time in France and thus every kiss is a French. One out of Johnny Depp, if you can get through the layers of scarves he wears. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, thank you so much for being a friend. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much for introducing me to Kevin and Bean and making my career. I can never, never stop thanking you for that. You got to Jimmy? Now? What's that? Yeah, I'll get addressed now. Oh, and Adam, your monocle is in the mail. Thank you very, very much. The great Jimmy Kimmel, everybody. Jesus Christ. Where, where did the time go? Now, speaking of uh, Jerry Lewis. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've never heard of that entertainer in any interaction with our program, Adam. But listen, thanks for having us out here. <laughs> no, I know uh, you guys have to get up at the crack of fuck. Hey, uh, Adam, before we go, if yes. the patent troll wins, mm -hmm. in all seriousness, if yes. he wins, yes. will he be doing this podcast? Yes. Okay. And he gets to fuck my wife. All right. Oh. Well, we'll look forward to coming so back. She's got her fingers crossed, but I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to fight this guy off. We're looking forward to coming back here next year to meet him then. The great Kevin and Bean, everybody. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, my Thank friend. You. Thank you.
All right, let's see. Well, uh, speaking of uh, legendary uh, K-Rock DJs, well, you couldn't even call this next guy DJ. I don't even know uh, what title to give him other than uh, dear friend. And uh, one of the things I always say about uh, this next man, Dr. Drew, um, <clears throat> people say to me all the time, what's Dr. Drew like in real life? And I always say, have you seen him on TV? Have you heard him on the radio? And they go, yes, but what's he like in real life? And I say, if you've heard him on the radio, if you've seen him on TV, it's exactly who he is. And I don't know any higher compliment I can give somebody than that. Dr. Drew is Dr. Drew through and through. Welcome to the stage, the great Dr. Drew Pinsky, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Adam, yeah, what's buddy. so fascinating to me about that, that intro is uh, you always complain about the fact that I am boring on the radio. So what you're saying is I'm boring through and through. Through and through. That's constantly boring, always boring. I, I, you know, that's a high compliment, I, I'll say. And uh, you're going on year what of Loveline? 3,000 years of doing Loveline. I really Line. do feel like um, Mel Brooks. Yes, but we ate clouds and rocks back That's in the right. day. Uh, so, 31 years. 31 years. And, and as I say that, though, I, you would, when we were, and this seems to be the night of old teams coming together. I mean, that was, sure. I don't know people realize this was, that was the morning team. Yeah. I mean, uh, in, in Los Angeles for a long time. People yeah. think about you and Kimmy going on, but you were there with Kevin and Bean for a while. You know, the thing that was so random about Jimmy is everyone is always like, well, you went to the radio station and you sought out Jimmy. No, I did not seek out Jimmy. There were two guys in the fight. Um, as the great Wesley Snipes once said, always bet on black. I was hoping to get Michael the maintenance man. He was more athletic than Jimmy and had been there for four or five years before Jimmy got there. What people don't realize is Jimmy was only there for a couple of months right, right. before I showed up, so he had almost no juice at all. You started off doing Loveline Sunday nights and strictly Sunday nights yes, for a for number of years. years. Yeah. And at a certain point, they said to you, uh, can you think of someone you'd like to partner up with to do Loveline on MTV? Correct? And I said, whatever the fuck you do, not Adam Carolla. I said, <laughs> uh, no, I literally, I had never been sort of asked the question before. I just sort of been given who the co-hosts were. And uh, they literally came to me with that question. And I remember I went out running. I could show you the spot where I was running. I remember it. This guy came to mind. I thought, God, that guy that does Mr. Bertram, I bet he could do this. I bet he could do it. And I, and I used to time my nursing home rounds on the weekend when I was, I was a severe workaholic. And my weekend, a weekend off meant eight hours of work. Right. But I would get through my day by timing getting in the car during your commercial breaks. When they gave, they don't remember this, people gave Mr. Bertram a shift on Saturdays or Sundays. Yeah, I did, I did a Saturday morning ra home improvement radio show on uh, K-Rock and <laughs> Uh, and speaking of Dr. Drew and his, his work ethic, um, <clears throat> Dr. Drew, as we've talked about in the past, when we used to have to 
fly out of LA on a 705 flight to go to New York or Chicago or wherever we're going to go do Jenny Jones' show or whatever other nonsense. See a college. We go to colleges too. Yeah, do colleges or whatever it was. If we'd be gone for a long run, like a week, I would always say, why are we driving separately? Why are we leaving our cars separately at the airport? Why don't we carpool together? And uh, Drew would say, fine. Uh, you know, we have a 705 flight. We got to beat the airport by 6 a.m. Uh, I got to make the rounds at the hospital at 4.30. By the way, this was at midnight <laughs> the night before. He'd say, uh, yeah, why don't you come over, sleep over. We'll swing by, we'll make the rounds at 4.30 in the morning, and then I'll go off to the airport. That's yeah. fucking insane, it is was it insane. not? It was insane, yeah. And wh what rounds do you make at 4.30 in the morning, and hospital, what's going on like, like, in the I hospital? used to do a lot of critical care stuff. And, and what I, are people I, doing at 4.30 in the morning? I mean, you're going to catch people beating off. <laughs> Just the nurses. Uh, no, I... I I would. Uh, you, you, you know what? I just realized I'd be. I could not be a critical care doctor because I would walk into everyone's room. I would see like the lung machine that's going is on. I'd be like, "Who left that on?" <laughs> that that's breathing for them. Well, can they breathe on their own? Well, partially. Well, let's find out. Come on, we don't need to leave all this shit on. And, and I know you have a trouble with the uh, the sheets coming off and people kicking off the stuff in agitated states. I I went when my father was in the hospital at Pasadena about a year and a half ago. I just went there and visited his scrotum sack. <laughs> I told it stories. I held its ball. We wept together. Literally, all I did was visit my dad's scrotum sack. Because he, he was agitated. Whenever you came in, he'd throw off all the stuff. And, the the right? scrotum never stops growing. I, by the way, God, you know, there's all this shit. We're like, oh, with all the medical breakthroughs and everything, man is going to live to 200 years old. We'll be enveloped by our own scrotums. <laughs> we, will, we will be choked out by our own. We'll suffocate. We will die by scrotum. I'm convinced of this. Your scrotum and your earlobes never stop growing, but thankfully we die at 73. But if you live to 173, it's all going to be sack and lobe. That's it. Sack and lobe in the mornings. <laughs> but but there's, there's a Corolla endowment, to be fair. There's a little genetic. You've always had a little your, scrotal endowment, have you your not? Your earlobes and sack are just going to be dragging on the ground yeah. at 175 years of age. Yeah, two legs. Yes. Dragging a scrotum, that'd be it. Y yes. Yeah. Sorry. We're but you wondering. always complain about having big nuts. Uh, well, look. I don't... And it's just your dad's, you know, the gravity will come to bear further on that Corolla genetics. I don't like having a large scrotum because it dwarfs the penis. I, I know, you've always said that. that it throws you. the scale off. I know. But then you, you, you now the style is to bring Let down... Let me tell you something. Tell me. Remember, I'll, I'll tell you. Everyone thinks Andy Richter is five foot seven. Andy Richter is six foot two. Yeah. Conan O'Brien is six foot seven. So he's a big dick. Oh, no, wait. He's a big scrotum. You're right. And it makes Andy Richter look short. When you meet Andy Richter. So Randy, Andy's the little dick. Right. Uh -huh. That's what I'm saying. I'm being, uh -huh. I'm being suffocated by my own sack, Jack. Oh. Already? Yes. It's good right. that we plan these bits out when we come out here. Huh? Thank you. <laughs>
<clears throat> so, where were we? Uh, yes, uh, do you remember, uh, we should uh, tell a story from the olden days. Um, do you remember when we were going to do Jenny Jones? Yeah. And, uh, you seem I, to be obsessed about this Jenny Jones trip. I told him uh, I needed to take a nap at yes. the hotel. Yes. Because Drew, Drew would piss me off all the time because Drew would say. I, I'm sure that's a stretch for them to understand. No, that. but hold on. There's nothing worse than seeing somebody sleep, you know, knowing someone's asleep when, right. when you're sleep deprived. Right. And Dr. Drew would swear up and down. We worked in Culver City. He lived in Pasadena. It was a 23 and a half, 24 minute drive from Culver yep. City to Pasadena. Our show ended at midnight, or because I couldn't stop talking, maybe 12.02. Yep. I would say to Drew, what time do you go to bed? He'd say 12.30. I'd say- no, you said what time you go to sleep. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. you get in bed at 12.30? Yeah. He'd say, oh no, I'm asleep at 12.30. I'd say, are you fucking high? We get out of Culver City at 12.02, 12.03. Yeah. You live 23 miles. 20, 22 minutes away, yeah. 22 minutes away from here. No. You walk through your door. I fly into the car like Batman, at, sliding down the front end of the seat. <laughs> at 12.26, how the fuck can you be asleep at 12.30? And you're like, if I look at the clock and see it's 12.31, I'm nope. angry. No, one, two, three, four makes me angry. If I see one, oh. two, three, four of the car, I'm like, shit, right. I gotta get to sleep. Right. I am like, I have to go home, drink a barrel of wine, and beat off twice before I can even think, even toy with the notion of going to bed. Yes, but thus Mangria. Thus Mangria, Mangria was born. was invented Thank in you. that misery. It took 10 years of tormenting you to finally it, come up with something. It, it, always, it always bothered me that you could not see the one, two, three, four yeah, on the me. digital clock right. before, before that. But um, Jenny Jones. Yeah. Obsessed. They flew us out to Jenny Jones, and we were going to host two shows. Right. They were going to do the Love Line Jenny Jones one. Yes. And by the way, the Love Line Jenny Jones show means Jenny Jones does nothing, Dr. Drew does nothing, and I fucking dance like a trained bear for two shows, shitting out joke after joke after joke for two hour long shows. Right? Why should that be any different than what we usually right. did? Right, right. Okay. That's your point, I get it. All right, so I said to the Jenny Jones people, where are you guys at? Like Chicago. Okay, what time do we fly in? Well, you land in Chicago, Chicago time, you know, 1.30 in the afternoon. I said, uh, okay, what time do we tape? Well, we do a three o'clock show and we do a five o'clock show. I said, by the time we get to that five o'clock show, I'm gonna be hitting a wall. Yeah. I'm not gonna be able to pronounce words. There's gonna be saliva dripping out of every orifice. I said, if I, if I can check into my hotel room, yeah. if I can I just know. get up to my room, if I can just get a 20 minute nap in, it'll be all the difference in the world. And they said, no, no, we don't have time for that. And I said, really, just I can't get to the hotel. Just lay down for 20 minutes. Just close my eyes for 20 minutes. I'll be so much better on your show. No, no, hotel's too far away. No, so we couldn't make it from the hotel to the studio. Jesus. We can't chance that. I said, oh, fuck, fine. 
get to the Jenny Jones show. What do I do? I lay down on underneath the on the floor, on the floor, underneath the conference table, and attempt to get my. Because we had an hour and a half. We had an hour and a half. Yeah, an hour and a half. And what you, maybe you don't remember in, in the dark, we were lying in the dressing room. Remember this in the yes. dark? Yes. Remember what was coming in through the walls? No. Jerry, Jerry. It was the same studio as Jerry Spring. Remember that? Oh, right, right. We couldn't right. sleep because we kept hearing Jerry being chanted. I just kept remember assholes popping in every 10 <laughs> minutes, turning the lights on and wanting me to sign shit that I could easily sign after the fucking nap. But anyway. But isn't that the day, though, that we, you... you, you uh, Convince the listener to come by and pick you up that morning? Oh! <laughs> I think that's what happened, isn't no, it? No, that was us going to Florida and you having to get off the fucking flight. Oh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, right. We laid down on the floor. We slept on the floor. The carpet of Jenny Jones's, like, uh, uh, just, just meeting room yeah. for an hour and a half. Got up got interrupted the whole time, used my suitcase as a pillow, blah, blah, blah. When we finished the show, I was completely wiped out, walked out of the Jenny Jones studio, yeah. stood out on the curb, and uh, I was with the PA, and I was like, where's our car? Who's taking us to the hotel? And they're like, what car? And I was like, you, you didn't get us a car? We need a car. How are we getting to the hotel? And she said, how are you getting to the hotel? It's across the street. There it is, right here. And I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> fucking, I want to build a time machine and kill everyone. I want to build a fucking, I'm going to kill myself too. I, I'm sure you would. To be and, fair, well, yeah. I want a fucking time machine so I can kill every human being on the planet and then myself. Actually, I probably have a little sex and then <laughs> will kill myself. Jesus, goddamn well, Christ, Drew. Yes. yes. All right, so 31 years of, uh, yeah, yeah. of love and, and, I, and I'd always be so uh, proud when, uh, after about, I don't know, about 25 years in, you would announce, fucking kill me if I spend another year here. <laughs> 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 if I'm still here after 10 years, put a bullet in me. Now, so Drew, yeah. be honest. Do you feel like you've cemented your legacy in radio history, or do you feel like a loser who can never get to the next level? Both. You feel like both? Yeah, both. Really, both? Yeah. Do you, do, do you feel like if there is a radio hall of fame that one day you'll be posthumously inducted? That, posthumously? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why Well, not? if you have anything to do with it, clearly yeah, I will. Yeah, it's going to happen during your lifetime. Uh, no, because that kind of stuff doesn't happen to me. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. I get passed over. It's all what good. is that? I don't know. Low self-esteem, probably. We once syndicated radio show of the year. I know. A time or two. I know. It's did, a long did, time. Did years. you ever see the trophy? No, of course not. <laughs> it was funny. Our producer, Ann, said, ah, it's back in my office in another building. And we were like, could you bring it by so we could look at it? And she's like, yeah, I'll see if I can remember. Never. Never happened. No. <laughs> but, but I think what people don't realize, we're not kidding when we say we have low self-esteem. Oh, right? well, wait a second. What? I don't know why, but I was thinking of, of trophies. Do you remember when uh, we did the, uh, I don't know, uh, responsibility and media, yes, sexuality? The, the, uh, everything was a loose sight butt plug, yeah, by yeah. the way. By, in the, in the, in the <laughs> That's 90s, what they looked like, yes. Everything was just looked like a, a loose sight butt, all, butt plug. All, all, he's saying all the trophies looked like all, a loose sight butt plug. Everything was the same. Yeah. Someone decided we needed loose sight. It's shaped uh, like something that go in your ass. It was, it was, <laughs> What the 
hell were those called? It wasn't the Prism Awards. It was the, the antecedent to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll figure it out. But uh, we had won one like two years in a row. No, I think we won like four, three or four of them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Remember what happened in the lobby? I remember you were screaming at everybody. Right. Because I don't remember why. There was, why? Drew and I had a publicity shot from back in the day that was one of those, you know, just eight by 10 said love line. And it was just the kind of thing you'd pass out and you'd sign it and do it at book signings and whatever. And the picture was the worst picture I've ever seen in my life. It's the one where I had cancer. You yeah, looked like, like... I looked like, uh, what's his name? Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking, You yes. looked like you were <laughs> operating. He really looked like he, he operated a wheelchair via straw. That's yeah, what, I talk. I got to talk. That's what you look like, yeah. right? Yep. And then I just looked bad, worse yeah. than I normally do. It was, it was Diane in that picture, too? No, no it, it was just, just us, us yeah. looking horrible. Yeah. And I said, we should replace this picture with one that's not horrific looking. And each time some event would come up, someone would put that picture in front of me, and I'd go, why the fuck can't we change this picture out? And a year had gone by. I think a couple of years went by, yeah. And it never got changed. And we were in the lobby of the Getty Center, mm -hmm. and we were supposed to do this big thing where we went up and accepted our award yep. and gave us some, some kind of speech about responsibility in the media yep. and sexuality or wherever it is. And right before it, the producers were there, the manager was there. Publicities was there. Everybody was there, and they said, hey, uh, Drew, hey, Adam, can you go ahead and walk the uh, carpet and do a photo op. You're gonna do a photo op with all the publicity that's there. Yeah. And I started to take one step toward the carpet and I turned around and I went, wait a minute. Did we swap out that publicity picture? This, was, this was his Rubicon. Tonight. That's right. This is gonna be it. And I said, uh, they're like, well, we haven't gotten around. I was like, well, fuck you. I'm not walking down that thing. <laughs> and then our manager chimed in and went like, hold on a second. I went, well, fuck you too, <laughs> because you never did shit. And then I turned into a uh, fuck you sprinkler. Yeah. Oh, no, you were like. I was just pop, everybody pop, was fuck getting you, it. fuck you, and fuck you. <laughs> And I bet you want me to go take a fucking picture with these. You should have fucking thought about that two years ago when I told you to try out our fucking picture. So no, I'm not going in front of them. Fuck you. Fuck your organization. Fuck everybody. And I left. Remember that? Yeah, you left. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Yeah. Very effective. Thank you. And the picture changed. Thank you. It's kind of like when, when the guys, uh, we, we didn't have security out in front of Loveland forever. Yes. And finally, Adam had a shit fit about that after a couple guys tried to beat you up. Remember that? We would come out of Loveline, there'd be guys sitting on your car waiting for you. Like, and hey man, it's not funny what you said about the Armenians, man. That's exactly I'm making what a happened. joke, man. I'm just making a joke. Yeah, it's not so funny. Me, uh, Reevee, and Ronnie over here, we're not impressed, you know? And then we, the, the, they started building a theater around us in Culver City, and they had, they had this construction going on all around. Everything was kind of crumbling. And, Kathy Griffin trying to get to our studio through that shithole yes. literally called it Rape Alley, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, good name for her vagine, if you really yeah, well, think about what, it. Maybe she was talking about that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Rape Alley. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's a good action movie. Yeah. Love the 80s. 
All right. Uh, I feel so like Drew, we should take questions from the audience. Oh, do we? All right. Let's take a couple questions from the audience. No, come on. Uh, yeah, Gary. You want to take a couple questions or not? Let me see. We got a lot. We got a lot going on here, man. We got a big night plan. What's that? Gary Haftari, come out here and take a bow. He's back there doing a jumping jack, saying, Adam, break, 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 break. Let me say this about Gary. Gary is the guy that makes all of this happen, and if he weren't here, we would find someone else who would do the same thing. <laughs> it might even save yeah, a few That's bucks. what it means to be an employee but of the Corolla Network. But let's not take away from what he does, <laughs> just because someone else could do it. Okay. Fair enough. All right, very quickly, uh, then we'll take a break. Kalen's right? out there, got a microphone. Uh, Mike's out there, he's got a microphone. Uh, you got to go to the side, it looks like. Anybody have a question, old school? Uh, or you can call it out, we'll just repeat style. it. Style, yes. Yeah, all right. Did I ever think Adam would be so successful? I thought, according to Jimmy, he's a failure. Yeah, Is that I know. what we just heard? Yeah, uh, I'm far uh, less successful than you imagined, right? No, I never, no, I never doubted that he would be fine, whatever that meant. Like he would continue to be grow and to be fine, and uh, I think you're. I, I don't think he's. You're, you're saying it as though he's at the pinnacle. I, I don't think he is yet. I still think there's an upward trajectory. Oh really? Yeah, I do. Wow. Yeah. I thought I was making lateral moves these yeah, days. Yeah, you could. I could be wrong, <laughs> but that's so. I've had confidence in. But uh, also, I mean, philosophically, I don't think you and I ever thought about anything other than what we were doing, right? right? I that's wasn't right. like, where are we going to be in 10 no. years? No. Or, you and I got to franchise this thing no. into some sort of successful uh, 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 franchise of sandwich and sub, sub joints or something, you know, Love Line, sub, Subway sandwiches or anything like that. Like, we never really had any of that. You just do what you do. I do what yeah. I do. Yeah, people so, always go, well, what do you, what do you, so why, you, why do you attribute your success to? Well, Remember that? Yeah, well, people don't, people also don't realize, and I tell people all the time when they go, like, they go, what made you decide to write a book? And I go, um, somebody came up to me, offered me money, and asked me to write a book. <laughs> Yeah. You know, what made you decide to do Dancing with the Stars? Like, somebody came up to me, offered me money, and asked me to do Dancing with Same the Stars. Same thing with Love Line on TV, right? A couple yeah. guys showed up, so we're but, doing TV shows. Like, but oh. you never go to, a, you never, like, go, go to an apartment building and get a guy to come down the ladder and go, what got you to do this roof? What got you to put those shingles on? Well, my father was a roofer, and I grew up with asphalt shingles in my blood. It's like, uh, somebody paid me, so I went on a fucking roof. Uh, Showbiz is not that much different than that. Everyone pretends it's different than that, and that's why, you know, when George Clooney does a Pepsi commercial, he does it in Japan, so we don't know about it, but ultimately, we're all just whores. Thank you. Well, but you've taken control over your stuff a little bit with the podcast. Yeah, well, at a certain different. point, I decided I wanted to start doing my bad ideas instead of other people's right. bad ideas. that's right. Right, thank you. You've mastered that. Right. Huh? What's that? He's backstage. Uh, Ray, is, uh, Ray is back there somewhere uh, <laughs> getting drunk. And uh, this is not a DTR party, by the way, which is a don't tell Ray. <laughs> there are entire parties that the theme of the party is Ray is not invited. It's not, it's not a toga party. It's DTR. It's not a 60s party. It's a don't tell Ray party. It was you know, literally it's funny. I, I was just thinking today about having had Ray and Chris on my podcast a couple times. I, one of the highlights of my podcasting on the Corolla Network was having Ray and Chris tell the story about Adam the shithead. 
Do you want to give your version of that? I, for some reason, I woke up in the shower My version today. of the shithead story is simple. We were seniors at North Hollywood High. It was um, during class. We had escaped Mr. Spaeth, who was our uh, very 85-year-old English teacher who didn't give a shit. We snuck out. We were running around the halls looking to entertain ourselves. At a certain point, Chris said, I'm going into the bathroom. He went into the bathroom. Ray said, I'm going into the bathroom too. Would you like to come into the bathroom with, with the three of us? I said, no good could come of this. Well, and they used to pee on you. They, they'd pee at a distance and, and nail you. Remember that brewing? Right. Yeah. And the problem with going into the bathroom with Ray and Chris is Chris and or Ray would say, let's go into the bathroom and piss on Chris. And yeah, you go, right. oh, that's a good idea. And then you'd get into the bathroom and Ray would say to Chris, why don't we pee on Adam instead? And they'd both look at you and go, that's a great idea. Right. That's a capital so idea. So no good could come of No the, good. The, okay. No good could come from going into this place. With those two. With the self-closing door. Right. So I just stood out in the hall waiting for those two to come out. And at a certain point, they both came out. Uh, pardon the pun, with shit-eating grins on. And they both started walking to me in a kind of a way <laughs> that, with, you know, it's a sort of, uh, we're going to trap you, we're going to spread out, kind of... Pacing, like moving yeah, around. Yeah, it's, 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 it's one step forward, quarter step out. <laughs> That's kind of, the walk is a kind of a, hey man, what's going on? <laughs> It's a, it's a weird lateral right. walk. You, you can't leave too big a hole, you'll blow through. Right, so yeah. I'm standing in the hall, I think it was Kennedy Hall, and I'm just standing there in North Island High going, uh, what are these two doing this weird perp walk for? And all of a sudden, I see that uh, Ray is sort of cradling something behind his back, which could never be good. It's not like, hey, we saved you a piece of pecan pie. <laughs> Pizza, Adam. No, 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 no. It will not be good. And they're both doing the one step forward, quarter step outward walk toward me in slow motion down this hall. And as I see Ray sort of, sort of cradling something behind his back, I go, what the heck is... And then I realize nothing good, once yeah. again, could yeah. come of this exchange. Yeah. Right? They both rush me. I try to do a move where instead of, it's that kind of move where you can either try to get away from the wave or dive through it. You were going through. I was going through yeah, the wave. Yeah. Bad move. As I went through the wave, I ducked down to come up. As I was coming up, I felt a splat in my right ear. It was uh, human feces a that had been. As, as Ray screamed, Adam's a shithead. It had not. Right? Yes. It yeah. not, it not, it was it not Chris's been, shit or Ray's shit? It's Chris, unclear. According to Ray, at that, Ray, Chris at that shit point, to, it did not matter. <laughs> you didn't have any discerning value. You were trying to discern. Hmm. No, I wasn't like, let's, let's see. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yes, let's see. No, but I mean, the idea that Chris shit into Ray's hand was the part that was like, what? He may have, he may have been using a moist, moistened paper towel. So I, at the time, it was all a blur. All I, I mean, knew... You guys were just animals. What the I, hell? At the time, I just knew that I had to kill Ray. That was, my only, that was my only thought. And let me tell you something. There is nothing worse than chasing someone who's the exact same speed you are. 
chasing someone who's slower than you are is gratifying. Yep. You catch up to it. Faster you give up. Faster you understand what's right. going on. Right. The exact same speed is wildly frustrating and ungratifying. I chased Ray for a fucking half mile through North Hollywood High. He started off 60 feet in front of me. When I was done, he was 60 fucking feet in front of me. Just exact same speed, but with the drag coefficiency of the shit holding me down. Yeah, of course, of course. Right. At a certain point, I realized I am now circumnavigating North Hollywood High with shit stuffed into my ear, and this is no way to go out. So uh, I ran to my locker. I grabbed uh, my fake down jacket, you know, the Corollas. Pennies, pennies. Yes, it was J.C. Penney yeah. filled with Dacron. I, I put it over my head and snapped the top button shut like uh, Cartman, I think, from South Park. <laughs> no, like uh, Kenny. Yeah, Kenny, yeah. All, all, I could, all you could see was my face out of this thing, and I fucking ran for my shower as fast as I could. I literally, like, took, like, the toilet brush and shoved it from <laughs> one ear till it popped out of the other. Absolutely. All right. All right. Uh, I want to thank the great uh, Dr. Drew for coming out Cheers. and joining us. Thank you. Thank you for supporting this uh, project. Because this evening. I'm backstage with Mark Marin. We got to get these guys. I mean, it's, it's when you see how bad this is, how bad it's going to be if we don't beat these guys. Yes. It's going to be a disaster. We so. is going after the trolls. We'll do it with your help. We'll take a quick intermission. Enjoy some Mangria, and we'll be right back. Doug Benson, Mark Marin, still to come. Uh, thank you guys uh, so much for uh, coming out tonight and being a part of this and uh, supporting us. And if you're listening to this podcast, thank you so much for contributing to fundanything.com. If you downloaded it for free, I'll see you in fucking hell. <laughs> by the way, don't you think I'll see you in hell should be followed by through a porthole where I'll be sitting in an air conditioning room getting a blowjob and drinking a Mai Tai? Because doesn't just I'll see you in hell mean I'll be in hell roasting with you? It's not much of a threat, right? I mean, if I pointed at you and went, I'll see you in Detroit, <laughs> that means I would be in fucking Detroit too, right? I'll see you in Inglewood. <laughs> what are you doing in Inglewood? That sucks. <laughs> All right. Uh... Let's see, Doug Benson and Mark Marin are back there. They're gonna come out in a couple of few. Uh, first, uh, these are a couple of guys that came on uh, the podcast uh, yesterday, and uh, I couldn't be more excited that they uh, decided to honor us with their presence. They're way too good for you, way too good for you, and especially me, uh, Mr. Andy Summers from the police. Rob Giles, as well, their debut album, Circus Hero, is out as we speak, and their website is circazero.com. Andy Summers and Rob Giles, everybody. Anyway, that's Andy Summers, and you don't care who I am. This is our new song. 
so, uh, uh, first of all, Adam, you're awesome. Thanks for having us, blah, blah, blah. Um, we are, our band's called Circus Zero. Our record's called Circus Hero. I know no one buys records anymore, but if you do go online, you can steal it tonight. It is out there for you to stream for free. Or you can buy it, of course. Um, that's enough banter. Let's play that. See the black water rise in America Oh, under the perfect storm Oh, love gets denied in America Oh, well, under the dark clouds form Rain keeps falling
Thank you. Thank you. I, I think I've we're only hired to be play. here. All my life. I've flown over it many times. <laughs> it's nice to be down here on the ground with you lot. How's it going tonight out there? Yeah. Thank you for supporting Adam. We all should. We should fight these evil bastards out there. How Let's many talk. of you have been a, a troll patent thief before? None of you? Oh. All killed on the way in. Yeah, right. That's good. Everyone. Circus Zero. Support our friends that support us. Great job, you guys. Absolutely wonderful. All right, uh, next up, a uh, couple comedians who are uh, in the podcast game, as I am, and uh, who've been um, generous enough and nice enough to step up and uh, help us fight the patent trolls together. Uh, Mr. Mark Marin and Doug Benson, everybody. Here, try that, uh, try that one Sorry. on, on for size. What? Um, huh? What's yeah. happening? I don't know. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd ask you guys about uh, your podcast and sort of how it changed things for you and what it meant for you. Are we and, standing? We're going to stand? Is that what's happening? You know, I always... I always feel, <laughs> I, I always feel like if I sit, I should give everyone back a dollar. <laughs> Oh, I'll give them all a dollar so I can sit the fuck down. All right, let's give, them a, give everyone back a dollar. Let's sit down. Um, there you go. See, now we're just guys having a conversation. Yeah, it's not right. awkward it's anymore. It's not really we're, a show anymore. No, we're just sit sitting down, down yeah. in a half-filled space. Um, what? <laughs> what yes, is, we have filled half of space with uh, the turnout <laughs> tonight. Yeah, it's good, though. It's good. I like it when back there where it gets scattered. There's just one guy up there. <laughs> hey, what's up? Didn't want to get involved. <laughs> I'm going to keep my distance from this uh, whole troll patent thing. I might end up on the side of the trolls. <laughs> It is funny. It's like, I'd like to support the cause, but not that much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe about be 140 part of feet. Yeah. Uh, Mark, yes. uh, your podcast is uh, doing quite nicely. And what does it do for you? What does it mean to you? How do you use it as a tool? Well, if you listen to it, Adam, you'll know it's me using celebrities to work through my problems. I've, um, I've heard the ones I've done. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, what it's done for me is it's given me a, a format to to be exactly who I am and, and to sort of uh, uh, have conversations with people I respect about almost anything and, and be funny or not funny and just confront shit. I mean, the best part about it is after years of relying on other people to decide whether or not I could be successful or have an opportunity, eventually, you know, with podcasting, you can just go like, eh, fuck them. Right. And, you know, do your own thing and call your own shots and be your own boss. Doug, same question. Doug's high. Uh, well, no, I know. I, 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 I know that. Thanks to the two guys from Seattle that uh, <laughs> got me high in the parking but, lot. But Doug, seriously, Doug, what does Mark's podcast mean to you? Yes, what does it mean to you? 
It's an opportunity for me to not listen to a podcast. Because <laughs> uh, I know what Mark's going to say. Whoever he has on, I know what he's going to say yeah. to them. No, you Mark, don't. Mark, <laughs> you're, you? too bu- you're too busy doing one of nine podcasts that involve you smoking pot with different people. Some of my podcasts are not about pot, but they're definitely pot-fueled. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I listen to Mark's show sometimes, and, and uh, it, it, all, all podcasts. I listen to Adam Crow's podcast. Doug, like, I was fucking with you. You don't have to tell me about no, Mark's No, no, I get it. I get it. But, but I'm just saying, I don't, I, yeah, I don't really need to talk about my podcast. I need to just reiterate that, mm. like, podcasters never hurt anybody. We've, all we've done is good. That's right. And, uh, you know, give some, something in people's ears when they have a shitty commute or a shitty job or a shitty whatever. Life, and, shitty uh, life. And these shitty trolls need to be cucked, kicked in their fucking shit cunts. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird with the... Um... With the whole troll issue, if you, if you like get me talking about it, there's a sure. tone that comes up out of my guts when I talk about it. And the only comparison I can make is going through a divorce. You know when you talk to a guy about divorce, like, how's that going? And right away they're like, oh, fuck her. You know, right. like, yeah, like, like, and, and the, the entire body just gets this seething anger because the, the fucked up thing about the patent troll is not unlike divorce is that these guys are just, they're, it's extortion. So these, these lawyers turn out these inventors that have, you know, basically they patented a math problem that right. they, they couldn't make into a machine. So these lawyers who buy up these patents say like, hey, look, we could just reintroduce this patent and retrofit it on any technology that exists that we think is infringing on it and just sue the balls off of people. And then they think that's a good business plan. My question is, how did their fucking kids live with them? You know, like how, like, how do these guys who do this, these lawyers and these patent trolls, what do they explain to their kids that their job is like, oh, we're just uh, shaking down guys that are using microphones in their basement trying to get an edge on life. You know, guys who have no money and nothing to really, not a pot to piss in, we're going to bust their balls until they give us free money because your dad drew a picture and introduced it into the patent system. Um, Fuck them. I, I agree. See, I, <laughs> see, it's like the same tone. I spoke, when, when I was going through a divorce where they get you through that process where you know lawyers are involved and they just string it along for the, you know, till the end of time, all you do is just seethe with anger and want nothing but bad things for those people. I, uh, I, I agree okay, with I'm you. Okay. I okay. can tell you that when they're talking to their kids about what a pariah daddy is and how much harm he causes in society, the uh, blow is cushioned quite nicely when he hands the keys to a 2014 Audi S4 yeah. to his 15 and a half year old son. Enjoy this. Which, you know what bought this? Crushing people's dreams. Right, right. That makes it all right in the universe for the 16 year old. I uh, assume that this conversation takes place through an intercom in a castle. <laughs> By the way, I, I don't know, apropos of nothing, but when I was a kid, everybody who was rich had an intercom in their house, yeah. even though the house was 2,300 square feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would still be like you would walk through the front door and push a button. Yeah, I'm yeah. home. Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. I'm in the kitchen. Yeah. Good. I'm <laughs> heading that way now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But within three years of the house being built, they just point at it and go like, yeah, we never use that. We don't right. use that anymore. The two, that was your dad's idea when we built it. The two things that never get used yeah. was the intercom system and the... <laughs> 
whole house vacuum system. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we had one of right. those. We just plug it into a yes. hole in the wall? Yes, instead of pushing this thing that weighs 2.3 pounds through the house, you can take this apparatus that weighs 22 pounds and drag it through the house and have fun plugging it into each room you go into. Yeah. Super time saver, by the way. And all that shit broke within weeks of it being put in. It was unfixable. It was well, by the way, it's a whole house vacuum system. You pay a Guatemalan broad 28 bucks, she does the house anyway. Not sure why you need the integrated system. But Mark, I, I have a Guatemalan broad. Guatemalan Let's face For it. those who missed it. Okay. The old GP. She, she's from Zurich. <laughs> now you're confused. You see? That's why she asked me from Guatemala. An Mark, Incan, an Incan comes over right. and does your... All right. A, you have people come through your house. <laughs> yes, I do. Literally through your house yeah, to yeah. do your podcast. I'll tell you how, how that tour goes. It's a very short tour. My house is less than 1,000 square feet. I go, that's where I eat sometimes, that table. Oh, this is the kitchen. There's the cat litter box. This is the back door. We're in the garage now. Right. That's yeah, how it that's goes. That's the tour. But has there ever been, like... I used to do a podcast out of my house until uh, Andy Dick came over and ate all my lunch meat. And I said that. It's funny you bring him up. He's the only guy. Like, I, rarely do people call me up and say, could you take that out of the podcast? You know, because they, it, it's and it's usually only because they may have said something about somebody else and they right. don't want to. Andy Dick is the only guy that asked me to remove something because he wasn't sure if there was a statute of limitations on a felony. <laughs> <laughs> He, he talked about something he did, and he's like, I'm not sure that I can't get arrested for that still. She's 19 now, <laughs> but... <laughs> no, it was actually a noble crime, but, <laughs> but it was definitely a fucking crime. <laughs> Doug Benson. Mark really lives up to his reputation by arriving in clothes that are covered in cat hair. <laughs> I know anything I've black. I've been marveling at the amount of cat hair on your outerwear. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Nothing sexier than that when you bring the ladies over. Yeah. Why are there three cats on the bed? Just fuck me. <laughs> All right, they'll, they'll get off. They'll get off the bed. They're nice. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it, I'm that kind of guy. I, 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 have a, I have a blonde lab who's uh, literally falling apart in front of my eyes and it's cost me thousands of dollars, but she sleeps on my feet at night. Aww. And then there's dog. I get the white dog hair everywhere, too. And it is 2014, and there's no better technology that we've invented than taking a stick with a piece of tape wrapped around it, yeah. some sort yeah. of wheel, yeah. and rubbing it all over our fucking hey. chest, back, and shoulders to get the fucking hair off. And it's the weirdest thing in the world because it's 2014. There's no way this would have made it into Blade Runner. That's There's right. no way that Harrison Ford would have gone out. Hey, you got my sticky wheel? I got this stick with a wheel on it and it's got sticky shit on it. It's the only way to remove this fucking hair from my sweater. Yeah. Shouldn't there be some chamber we go into that sucks all of the dander that, and everything that looks, off us? That looks like the TSA machine that you right. have right in your house. You just walk yeah. through it and a drop of cum comes out of you as you pass through. <laughs> oh my. You want that too? That's a double to the purpose the wheel. machine. It's the wheel and then you have to decide when the wheel is spent like you do. Eh, yeah. It 
could pull a few more hairs off. It's yeah. still got, it probably couldn't take a pube off just wholesale, but I think it could take Molly's hair off. Wait, I'm yeah. trying to understand something. Do you come when you wheel that on you? Well, not if I do it in a refractory period, obviously. I would never do it pre-refractory because if I get too aggressive with the wheel, sure. you know, the leg starts moving yeah. and next thing you know, something comes out of me. I'm just saying the lint wheel has got to be 80 years old. When can we look forward to some leap in technology involving the sticky stick? I wonder if there's a patent troll suing the guy that invented the lint wheel. Oh, yeah. Because he drew a picture of a roll of tape once. Yeah, that was his idea, man. <laughs> lint wheel. Lint roller, I think. Okay, That's a lint roller. roller. It's a sticky wheel. Remember when man invented the roller? <laughs> I mean wheel. Yes. Mark's still trying to get this shit off of I just bought I'm... this fucking black shirt and it's always a mistake. <laughs> Now, by the way, the hair is gone airborne and become weaponized. Mark, Do you know, thank you very I, much. You know, here's the funny thing about the podcast. Like I, like, I had Ed Helms once in the garage years ago, and he is, like, highly allergic to cats. So much so that I've never had a cat in the garage, but about half an hour in to the podcast, Ed Helms cannot breathe. He's right. literally like, <gasps> and, like, I'm looking at my watch, and I'm like, I need another 20 minutes out of you, right. guys. This ain't going to be a full podcast. Sure. So by the time he played banjo, he was wheezing. And, and someone heard that, and they sent me an air purifier for the garage because they were so sad about Ed Helms not being able to breathe and mad at me for not letting him out of the garage. It, it is a cool byproduct of the podcast that if you complain about like I'm, I'm sure I will get a crate of, of lint rollers lint rollers <laughs> need some. in the I next need few some. weeks right yeah I've complained on my show about how I don't have any weed <laughs> and uh, works out pretty good Doug that has to be nice for you because you travel you yeah. do a lot of shows. Yeah, so when I show up somewhere, it's nice to know that there's probably some friendly people. Right. The, the kindness of strangers. Right. Yeah, it's not a bad deal. And, and weed... Yeah. I've never seen it more serious. It's very good yes. for me that weed is delivered. <laughs> I mean, when Adam goes somewhere, they're like, hey, I've got a car also. Like, that doesn't help you. Right. Do they give you cars? No, they don't <laughs> give you cars. You know what I get? What? I get... Um, it was funny because I'm a, I'm a car guy, but there's only certain cars I like. It sort yeah. of it reminds me, uh, many years ago, I was talking to uh, Bob Ringwald, who is the blind father of Molly Ringwald and Beth Ringwald, who I had a He's wild blind? crush on. He's blind? Yes. So that's part of the story. It adds a shade <laughs> to it. Um, <laughs> He, I, he told me, by the way, no, I've never thought about yeah, this. That's no, a shame you're right. That, that no, man you're cannot right. see. No, you're right. He said to me, no, now I'm thinking about it. Him being blind does factor in nicely in okay. the story. <laughs> because he said to me, I like two things, Adam. We're in his backyard, and I said, uh, standing dangerously close to his pool, because when there's a blind guy wandering around a pool, you're constantly fucking. Why does I, he have a pool? Uh, I think it what came they, with, he, can't, he doesn't need his eyes to swim. I mean, a blind guy can theoretically swim. I yes, mean, he's going to know when I he falls in the pool. I was blind when I got in a pool because it all, it's all the, oh, this chlorine's uh, killing yeah. me, you know? 
By the way, just to t we'll get back to this, but <laughs> is there anything more disappointing in life than talking to a blind guy and asking the story about how he got blinded? And it was always just like, I got an infection when I was three years old and then I lost sight. It's never, I always want to hear, a, there was a sword fight, my father was a swordsman, I avenged his honor, but in the sword fight I had both eyes. Something. Yes, or I was in the circus. Right, right. And <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted, I want every I'm blind story to start with, you know what? First off, don't fuck with ninjas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or how two, about like two of them I could take, a gaggle of ninjas, no. But it's always just, oh, I had an infection yeah, or when yeah. I was a kid. Never worked out. I but lost anyway, my eyes in a bet. Right. He told me, he told me, he said to me, um, I love two things. He said, uh, I love jazz and I love comedy. And I said, I love jazz and I love comedy too. And he said, yep, Dixieland and Gallagher. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> but then it made me realize he does love jazz, he does love comedy, and now I hate him. But I just don't understand how he loves Gallagher. That's all visual gag. That's what I'm saying. His wife is next to him going, he's jumping up and down on a huge oversized mattress yeah. right now. And then he's going, why is my face wet? <laughs> right. Why is there melon on me? Yes. Um, but that, uh, yeah, I'm a car guy. And people come up to me all the time and tell me about cars I don't give a shit about. Yeah, they just talk to you about it. With me, they usually, it's usually not just a conversation. There's also right. actual weed. What kind of car should I get? Yeah, there's a lot what of that. Kind of, no, I'm serious. Oh, well, let's see. <laughs> I don't want to spend a lot of money. I just like, I have a, a 2006 Camry and my, mother's, my mother actually said this to me. She goes, what are you doing with your money? I'm like, fucking nothing, because I don't know when it's going to go away. Right. She goes, why don't you buy yourself a car? And I'm like, because mine runs fine. It's a beat-up 2006 Camry with the stickers on it. Right. What, what, what should I get? Actually, it has your show's bumper sticker <laughs> on it, which I couldn't figure out what to make of that as I was walking up the driveway. Well, I said, well, this I, guy's I, I, wildly secure or an insane narcissist, which is it? No, I wanted people to listen to the show. I wanted people to see the car and yeah, go like, what, is what happens? Well, I'm gonna go to that website. What happens when they pull up next to you and go, oh, fuck, it's the same guy, come and on. Go, and then I go, yeah, I, and I talk about myself a lot on my show, listen. All right, but I'm just saying, yeah, I don't know, you think Peyton Manning walks around in a Broncos jersey? But let me ask you another question. Does he work out of his fucking garage? No. It's a decent point. <laughs> He's got to have point. a Go Broncos, uh, Broncos bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> go Broncos. Broncos. By the way, I, I, Broncos are my favorite team next yeah. to the Dolphins. I had a, uh, I had a, I, I think I had a Marin... Uh, bumper sticker up on the bathroom. Cabin, oh yeah, you the, did. I think yeah. the window in my in in, at, in my at, podcast at, studio. at the bunker. Yeah, yeah, I had I had that up for many years. I think it's still there. I don't. I, I mean, I, I never took it down. Well, I, thank I, you. I don't know what employee decided they needed to put a sticker up <laughs> of Mark Maron's <laughs> while you're podcast. Peeing. But but to be to, to to make me sound like a hero, 
or the laziest man on the planet, I was always fine with it. I was okay. always like, I like Mark Maron, let him, let <laughs> somebody put his uh, sticker up in my bathroom and like, there, right over the me. urinal, was I looking right at you? Was yeah. It, do we yeah. have an awkward relationship I don't know about? Yes, yes. <laughs> what kind of car should I get, seriously? Um, you gotta, yeah, go a with Corolla. Um, should now. I get, like, how about, a, how about a hybrid Camry, what do you think? What Camry? No, all right, take it easy. All right. I'm willing to, to buy American. What should I get? I'm thinking, that's what I just projected on that guy. A what? Oh, really? A Tesla? You gotta yeah. plug that shit in, right? And if you touch it, your hair stands up? Yeah! Would you, what do you think of the yeah, Tesla? Yeah, the Tesla S is uh, absolutely amazing, and they have all these quick charging stations now where you can charge for free. Does it feel like and, a real car? Yeah, oh, great acceleration. Uh, How much does this thing cost, Adam? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, probably starts at about 65K. Um, that doesn't seem economical to me. You know, it's... Uh, I thought it was supposed to save me money and help the planet, and it's going to break me. Oh, no, it pays for itself in 128 years. <laughs> <laughs> your, grand, your grandkids' grandkids will reap the rewards. Oh, good. I guess I that, better get married and have some of then. that Tesla purchase. Yeah, uh, I think we should probably do a little bit of a Q&A before Ooh. we uh, call this a, a night for those of you uh, out there that may have a couple of questions uh, regarding a podcast. Is there somebody maybe, running around the audience with a microphone? Maybe they're just of a uh, personal nature. Yeah, I think we have a couple, couple guys out there. And uh, you can ask uh, a question of uh, <laughs> they're any high of us, as any fuck nature right there. you like. Yeah. What's that? My driver's license does have the word Lakers. Okay. It. And I, I realize that you can go to the DMV and if there's a space where your middle name should be, you could ride in just about anything you want. And I happen to ride in Lakers. But Doug Benson <laughs> and Mark Marin, I don't know what your middle names are. David. Do you, do you really, do you David. really want to know? Mark David Marin? Isn't yours like Ralph or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> I find it amusing that anybody ever has a conversation about what their oh, middle the way, names there are. Is my... <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, on you know, on all... good face too. Thank you. Well, no, listen. You don't want to overdo it because the only people who look at it are TSA and cops. So you don't want to be like, hey, this is awesome when yeah. you're getting your third DUI. Like, you, you, <laughs> You should have a look where you're like, fuck this shit, man. This is bullshit. <laughs> what is your middle name, Doug Benson? Steven with a V. Um, can I ask this? You guys don't have kids, but wouldn't you give your kid an exotic, bizarre, like fun, superhero-type middle name? Da David and Steven just seem like, eh. <laughs> what, you, what do you mean? Wait, like a, what are your wait, superhero like, kids' middle names? Yeah. Well, like, you, you, you name your middle, give them give the middle name like Clutch. You well, which know ones I mean? did you actually so, like, give them? Like, 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 what are you saying? Like, John fucking awesome Marin? Yeah. <laughs> David just feels like a second first name. It was a different time. Doug Sweet Shit Benson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mark yeah. Genius Cash Marin. or something, Genius, Trouble, yeah. you know, so you could say it was your middle name, but whatever it was, Something other than what you guys got, you know. 
Was there somebody in you could family? do like a, rever a reverse psychology middle name, like you know, John Douchebag Marin is my son. <laughs> right. you know, people go Douchebag, you're like, no, it doesn't work because that's my real middle name. Shut right, right, up. right. Yeah, maybe that wouldn't work at all. It's a bad idea. Is bad this conversation idea. based on a question from the crowd? Uh, it yeah, was, it was yeah. based is that on what happened? I, I think we ran it into the ground too, the quite honestly. Of a drunken person. All right, let's uh, let's do one more. We got a guy back there. Let's that guy in the middle with the beard, I think. Uh, Mr. Bertram, um, I was wondering what's the best way to get rid of scratches of hardwood floors? <laughs> let me just say this. If the hooker wants out, you got to let her out. They're gonna, those Lee press-ons. Speaking of experience, I don't care how hard that oak or walnut is, those Lee press-ons will cut right through it like a hot knife through butter. And there's no oh, drum sander that boy. can go that deep. You understand? You. you let her out. You tip her, you let her out. Those hookers get no respect. Yeah, no just, respect at all. Just all the scratching and clawing that goes on. It's great uh, advice, though, to tip her after that. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got one up, uh, one up here. What's up? Um, Mark Marin. I was wondering if uh, you like your show or your podcast more. Oh, oh, that's a good question. Yeah, which ones, like if you had to kill one of them. <laughs> which, which version of me which would die? Which one would you fuck and which one would you marry? <laughs> I have fucked both versions of me. Um, well, I, they're, they're completely different. So, you know, the podcast is... is, is you the, are in both of them. I know, I know, but like, <laughs> I never thought I would do a TV show. So the whole, the whole uh, act of doing it, and uh, it's been completely fucking exciting. And it's... Uh, uh, it's a totally uh, different thing. There's a lot more people involved and there's a lot of collaboration and, and I'm on television and so uh, I don't prefer, I don't know what the question was. Do I really have to cancel one of them? I like doing both of them. They're both completely separate experiences but I, I, was, I was thrilled to have the opportunity to do the TV show. I didn't think that would ever happen for me. How many actresses have you made out with on the show? <laughs> I made out with uh, Gina Gershon for yeah. a second. Yeah. I made out with Nora Zahetner, who played my girlfriend uh, in this episode. Did I, I, I think I made out with Caroline Ray a little. Um, okay, and then how many did you make out with on the podcast? <laughs> Zero. Uh, That's no. the difference. Yeah. That's not true. I think, I think not Doug's... true. Not true. You made out with somebody on an episode of the podcast? No, but right after. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and you're, now you're a couple. No, I didn't make out with her. This was before oh, shit. that. Oh, Sorry. I, uh, no, um, this was before that. No. no I, I, it was discussed. It was, uh, it, it's public information that... Um, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who? So Who? a whole audience is owls all of a sudden. Who? Margaret Cho. Oh. Margaret Cho, really? Wow. Somebody had to. <laughs> She, well, that, well, here's the funny thing about that. She will make you. She will well, that, make no, you. No, no, here's the funny thing about that. Back when we were kids, you remember back in the day when she was like just coming up and we were all young? I tried so fucking hard one night really? to fuck her. When we were, we were uh, it, was on, uh, it was during the taping of like Comics Come Home in San Francisco and I was like just on her. I was like, come on, come on, you know, which is really hot. And <laughs> like I followed her into her hotel room and I'm like, why not? Why not? You know? And I think she like kissed me spitefully just to get me out of her room. So in my mind, even though this was a few years ago and we're, we're about the same age, it was sort of like, I have this coming. You know, we're, we're gonna do this. And she's like, all right, let's do it now. And I'm like, all right, it's not quite the same. We're old people now, but it, it's okay, we'll do it. 
And, uh, and we did it once, and it was good. It was fine. And she talked about it on a podcast, a live podcast with me, and embarrassed me. But it was a good kind of embarrassment. Does she, is she into dudes? Or? Who cares? <laughs> like, all I know is that we did it, and I, you know, I, I'm not asking questions. Like, what are you going to do while you're inside? Someone go, like, are you straight or what? You, right. you know, like, what are you... I don't care what she's into. It was just, you know, we seized the moment and it worked out okay for people of our age. And, um, and you know, and now we have that experience. It didn't happen twice, but you know, we're, we're okay with it. And, uh, and that happened a long time ago. I wasn't involved with anybody, whoever's listening to this. <laughs> Is she completely like sleeved up and tattooed and all that stuff now? I was trying to focus, Adam. I understand. Um, <laughs> She's got the. But I do remember there were tattoos involved. She's got the WTF yeah. logo tattooed <laughs> yeah. on her somewhere. No, I put right? a, I put my sticker on her ass while I was <laughs> fucking her, just so I could have a point of reference. All right, a uh, a happy and jolly uh, note to go out on. I want to thank uh, <laughs> <laughs> the dusting of rape that Woo! was applied Redondo! onto uh, yeah! Margaret Cho. I want to thank Doug Benson for coming out here. Thank you, tonight. Adam. For fighting the fight. Yes, thank God. I want God. to thank Mark Marin for supporting us in fighting the fight. I want to thank you who are here and you who are at home for helping us fight the fight. And until next time, this is Adam Carolla saying mahalo.